The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open now to 1 Corinthians 15, we'll begin our reading in verse 20 after a word of prayer, and we begin our preaching on the force of the gospel. Father, I come now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the truth which is before us concerning the resurrection of both Christ and of the body. I pray now that you would strengthen us for this time of preaching. Strengthen those who hear this word. Help us to be true to the word of God and then tender toward the hearts of men and deliver them the truth of God as it is in Christ. Thank you for first loving me that I can now love you. I ask my prayer now in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Now, the verse began with the phrase, but now. So let me recap quickly and remind you that we studied last week together that defense of the fundamentals of the gospel. Paul was defending primarily the resurrection of Christ, for that was the problem. There was the presence of false doctrine, and they were stating there was no resurrection of the dead, this was a great problem, because it means Christ did not rise from the dead himself if there is no resurrection of the dead. So due to the presence and problems and persuasion of such false teaching, Paul had to defend the fundamentals of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. In doing so, He enters now into a discussion and an exposition of the force of the gospel. We know from Paul's declaration in Romans 1.16 
that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. We think there in that verse of the almighty force of God. Yes, his omnipotent power packed into the dynamite of the gospel message, into the dynamite of the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ, for Christ is both the power of God and the wisdom of God, and the preaching of the cross is the power of God unto us which are saved. And so we see the mighty power, the miraculous power, and the merciful power of God at work when the gospel is both delivered and received. Such power is evident as we survey these glorious events of Christ's resurrection and reign throughout the rest of this chapter. The force of the gospel is found in the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is that distinctive factor of the gospel that sets it apart from all other messages. There is no other one who has ever rose from the dead but Christ Jesus our Lord. He stands alone as one who has died for the sins of the whole world, who was buried, put down in a tomb as a dead man, and then raising up by his own power and by the Spirit of the Lord. And so we'll begin going through the rest of this chapter together and looking first of all at God's power as seen in Christ's resurrection. We'll read verse number 20 again, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. God's power as seen in Christ's resurrection. First of all, in verses 20 and 21, the power of resurrection belongs to Christ. This is why God's power is seen in his resurrection. For the power of resurrection belongs to him. Therefore, Christ is, number one, the resurrected man. But now Christ is risen from the dead. His resurrection is a positive fact. He arose with life from the dead and has victory now over death hell, and the grave. He holds the keys. He has the authority. He has the ability. He has won the victory. But also, his resurrection is a preliminary fruit. He is the first fruits of them that slept. He is the first fruits of the resurrections in God's program for the end of this age. There's a harvest to consider. There's more to come. This is just the first fruits. There's a hope to confess. Because he got up from the dead, we shall one day rise from the dead because of his resurrection, because of his power. He is the resurrected man. But then also Christ is the representative man. Look at verse 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. By Adam, by this man, came death. Think about Romans 5.12. 
Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. But Christ is the representative man, and due to his incarnation, he is now forever kin to us in our humanity. He stands as the kinsman redeemer with the power and the right because of Calvary's cross, because of his own resurrection, he's bought back everything that Adam surrendered in the fall. And as the man Christ Jesus, seated at the right hand of God the Father, as the representative man of the saints, we will one day get up from the dead because of one man came death, by one man came also the resurrection of the dead, even by Jesus Christ our Lord. I once heard Brother Adrian Rogers preaching on the radio, and I believe what he said applies here. So I quote that preacher of yesteryear, and he said that in the garden when Adam sinned, he died immediately in his spirit, progressively in his soul, and ultimately in his body. He went on to explain that when a sinner is saved by the power of God, through the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the sinner is justified immediately in his or her spirit, and then they are sanctified progressively in his or her soul, and they are glorified ultimately in his or her body. To this I say amen, and I believe it fits well as commentary on verse 21 For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. So we see the power of resurrection belongs to Christ. But now in verses 22 and 23, the power of redemption belongs to Christ. First, there is a reference to the cross of Christ. Verse 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Between Adam's fall into sin and Christ's victory over sin stands the cross of Calvary. I believe there is a reference here to the cross. There's Adam's fall. There's Christ's victory. And so we think of the cross. Adam brought death into the human family. Jesus Christ, the second man, The last Adam brought life into the human family. God sees us either in Adam and in the human family, or he sees us in Christ and in the heavenly family. A reference to the cross of Christ. Verse 23, a reference to the coming of Christ. But every man in his own order. Christ the firstfruits. Afterward, they that are Christ's at his coming. The order of resurrection is mentioned, and then the order of resurrection is marked. First, there is the resurrection of the Savior. Then, there's the resurrection of the saints. He is first, we will follow. Afterward, they that are Christ's at his coming. When he comes again in the rapture, the dead and Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, not only is God's power seen in Christ's resurrection, 
but his power is also seen in Christ's reign. Let me just give you the outline, and we'll begin this exposition next week, the Lord willing. So in verses 24 through 50, God's power as seen in Christ's reign. The end of this world is under his control. Verses 24 through 28. The events of this world are under his control. Verses 29 through 34. The elements of this world are under his control. Verses 35 through 50. And so we'll look at those verses together, the Lord willing, next time. Until then, may God's grace, mercy, and peace be with you all. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748 or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com and finally brethren pray for us